Welcome to Power Up, a podcast show hosted by Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio that brings life to some of the stories on Power Electronics technologies and products featured on PowerElectronicsNews.com and through other as Pencor Media publications. In this show, you'll hear both engineers and executives discuss news, challenges, and opportunities for power electronics in markets such as automotive, industrial, and consumer. Here is your host, Editor-in-Chief of PowerElectronicsNews.com and EEWeb.com, Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio. Hello everyone and welcome to this new episode of Power Up. Today we will talk about exploring the intersection of energy, power technologies and quantum physics. The application of quantum computing in the energy sector has a disruptive potential for the current energy system. The exponential increase in computing power offered by quantum computers will be crucial for the construction of a new ener- energy horizon. In this podcast with Federico Fagin, we delve into the fascinating world of energy, power technologies, and quantum physics. Italian physicist, inventor, and entrepreneur Federico Fagin was the project leader and designer of the Intel 4004, the world's first microprocessor, and the Silicon Gate most technology developer, which enabled the manufacture of the first microprocessors, dynamic APROM and RAM memories, and CCD sensors, the essential element for digitizing information. We will talk about how the ideas of quantum physics are being used to change the energy and power industries. Also, the latest innovations in renewable energy technologies, such as solar, wind, and geothermal, are helping to make the future cleaner and more sustainable. Let's talk with Federico. Hi Federico, how are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks a lot for being here. Thanks a lot for having you at the Power Up podcast. So where are you where are you located? I'm in Los Altos Hills, California, Silicon Valley, near Palo Alto, Stanford University. What are you doing? What do you do now? Which are your projects? Well, right now um, I am writing another book. Uh, I wrote Silicon a few years ago. Irreducible, which is only in Italian, irreducibile, um, okay. uh, was a, a year, not even a year ago, six months ago. And then I'm, I'm uh, on my third book, and it's mostly on quantum physics. So that's uh, that's my main occupation. And of course, I have lots of podcasts <laughs> like this one and uh, present presentations of my ideas, especially on the air, on the uh, nature of consciousness, uh, artificial intelligence, and how artificial intelligence relates to consciousness and so on. So you saw a lot of uh, technology story. So, and uh, we have seen a lot of changes in in the last uh, years. What's the most important technology innovation you have seen during these uh, years? What's innovation for you? I've seen uh, the first uh, example of uh, uh, nuclear fusion uh, mm-hmm. that, was, that happened uh, month, months ago and uh, uh, where there was production of more energy than what went into, <laughs> into yes. creating that energy. So 
uh, though there is still a long ways to go. Uh, but that's a major step forward. And of course, uh, in the area of uh, AI, the chat GPT, you know, those type of uh, mm -hmm. language systems um, uh, have shown uh, an improvement, uh, substantial improvement, with respect to what we have seen in the past. Um, so those, uh, those are all, all very, very important uh, steps forward. So talking about uh, quantum uh, technology, quantum compute, computing, I think that quantum uh, is, uh, so will be, um, is a great innovation, will be even more for energy and related technologies in particular. So how are the principles of quantum physics being applied to revolutionize the energy and power industries from your perspective? Well, the, you know, clearly when you, when you have to, uh, especially when you have to take solar power mm -hmm. uh, or uh, wind power and so on, and you transform that, transform that into uh, directly into electrical energy, and you want to then send it to homes or use it, uh, you know, in batteries and so on. You, you need a way to manipulate energy with voltages and currents that are very high because, you know, say mm -hmm. in, a, in an electric car, uh, you have kilowatts of power and uh, high voltage and you need to, you know, to do that in, in, uh, in you know, without dissipating much energy. Otherwise, uh, the whole system is inefficient. And so, so you need special semiconductors, and those semiconductors use quantum physics, like all semiconductors. So even the even the uh, classical computers, which are not quantum computers, mm -hmm. uh, the transistors can only function uh, as they do because they use quantum physics. And quantum physics is the physics of crystals, for example. And uh, all semiconductors use the properties of crystals, uh, which are extraordinary properties. So, uh, so we we have to we have to use quantum physics, uh, classical physics, uh, the physics of uh, you know macroscopic objects uh, that are incoherent. Uh, crystals are very coherent because it's a very regular structure of mm -hmm. atoms and molecules. Uh, so, you know, uh, cannot cannot allow you to do the kind of things that you can do with quantum physics. Um, so um, in, in the last uh, 20 years, we have seen a lot of new power devices using you know, type of uh, semiconductors that uh, were not known uh, or certainly were not utilized in the past, uh, you know, silicon carbides, things of that sort that you know, mm -hmm. are are, are new ways, you know, they have properties that uh, don't best, silicon alone doesn't have, for example. So that's a that's a major major um, uh, direction of the of, yeah. uh, okay. of the world uh, because we need more and more manipulation of power at, you know, with uh, you know with currents and voltages that uh, are certainly not in our computers, which use semiconductors. Talking about uh, renewable energies, renewable energy technologies. So, what are the biggest challenges that you see facing the widespread adoption of these uh, technologies, renewable ones? Well, right now it's mostly batteries, you know, because renewable mm -hmm. energy often are not uh, 
continues. So, you know, that's days and nights. So what do you do when you don't have the yeah. sun at night? Energy so storage. More energy and, uh, uh, and batteries is the most effective way to store energy. Uh, but batteries are, uh, are uh, you know, the technology of batteries uh, is not being developed to the level needed yet to solve this problem. So uh, though we are getting there, um, so the, you know, uh, certainly you, you have seen also in electric cars, you need lots of batteries. So the same batteries that, you know, you would have in an electric car can be used for, uh, for uh, storing energy on a power plant that uses solar, but they are very expensive. And also, you know, you, you need to, to have very special software to handle those batteries in order to make, you know, to be sure that uh, that you can detect before a uh, before a, a uh, malfunction, something that might malfunction, and so that you can change the battery before, you know, it stops the battery. Because if the battery that doesn't work reliably all the time, you have a problem, right? Because you <laughs> you want energy working all the time, so. Uh, so although you know, so batteries is the is the you know is the one of the major fundamental energies that need to to step up. There is a lot of research right now going on on uh, on solid state batteries, which uh, mm-hmm. sounds you know sounds a little strange because you know batteries are always they always use some kind of electrolyte, uh, but with the, those batteries, promise to be much much better, but. It's still a long ways to go before we, you know, we can fill them. So, what do you think about uh, electric vehicles? So, do you have an electric car? So, um, do you think that this is the next automotive? Uh, certainly, I, I, I think that independent, independently from uh, from uh, you know the, the climate change, which is a major reason to have electric cars. Uh, I, I think that the uh, the uh, advantages, efficiency, cost, and so on of of, uh, of electric vehicles is really is really uh, uh, compelling. So um, it will take time because you know you own a car for 10, 20 years. So so you know before uh, most cars on the road are electric, it will still take 10, 15 years, 20 years. But but uh, but. Uh, That's coming, and uh, I, I think it's irreversible. Um, the, the, there are too many advantages to an electric car, uh, even if lots of people don't don't agree. Um, but uh, but to me, that's uh, that's the direction of the future. And I, no, I don't have an electric vehicle simply because I use a car very little, and uh, I you know I, I spend lots of time in Italy and uh, you know I, I simply I simply don't use a car very much so I still have my old Mercedes which I bought in 2011. <laughs> yeah like an uh, entrepreneur how are entrepreneurs and investors driving innovation and shaping the future of the energy and power industries? Yeah well uh, you know the the power of uh, startups, you know, the power of new, new yeah. companies uh, is that 
if you start a, a new company, you can change the ways that you do things that companies that already do it in another way don't want to do. So there is a, you know, you have to, you have to start fresh. It was the same thing when Tesla, you know, designed a, a, a electric car, starting with a, just a white piece of paper, uh, you know, instead of bolting an electric engine on a car that was thought as a, you know, as a conventional mechanical, you know, a, a gas engine car, uh, they they try to take advantage of all the characteristics that electricity can can give to a car. So so you have a you know you change it completely. Now everybody's copying Tesla, but but you know but Tesla almost died in the process of innovation. Uh, fortunately, they were able to uh, to master production at the at the levels necessary to serve the, the market, and so they are you know they are now here to stay. But you know, innovation is exactly this: is is changing the way we do things uh, in many in many times revolutionarily, and other times you know uh, not so revolution. But but thinking through. Uh, ways of doing it that no no one else has done, and then in order to do that you need lots of money typically, and that's where entrepreneurs need venture capitals need need money that uh, you know to to develop the pro the product or the technology and, and then to bring it into the market uh, before you can actually make money with that. And you know, and, and venture capital here in Silicon Valley are you know they started essentially here. Uh, you know, is is an institution. Uh, they they invest uh, between twenty five and and a hundred billion dollars a year, which is a huge amount of money. You know, when you think about it, that money goes just to develop new ideas uh, and new products. So. Just uh, talking about uh, climate change, so each of us has uh, to take the first step. So each of us should have a sort of green innovation and contribute for the climate change target. So a big step that uh, should start to educate all people, so from kids in particular. So among that, among that, what's the biggest challenges that you see today and uh, what's your comment for climate change? Well, the, the biggest challenge is the people that govern us and uh, the many the many companies that produce uh, uh, CO2 or methane or other uh, gases that produce global warming. Uh, they don't want to change, and they have a business to run, and uh, they you know they convince the yep. politicians not to not to change anything. So. So most of the problem doesn't come from the people not wanting to do something. It's the governments that uh, that, that control more or less by in, you know by private interests are not willing to you know to put the energy, the effort to uh, you know to change the ways. So so uh, I see I see there the you know the problem. Of course, you know people people buy what. Is available, so it is the government that needs to create uh, laws that that tend to produce a movement toward things that are, you know, essentially uh, incentivize things that do not uh, uh, 
uh, they, they do not produce uh, uh, carbon. Uh, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, in, in some ways, impede things they do, you know, by taxes or other forms. Uh, CO2 tax, for example, you know, has been talked about for 30 years and, and, and is still not very, very much used uh, today. It is used mm -hmm. in, some, in some countries and in, in, in some level, but not enough to be able to do this. But even more important is the segregation of the CO2 that already exists, because uh, we have we have, we pretty much have reached the limit uh, of CO2 for a, a irreversible process of climate change, yeah. meaning that it doesn't matter after you reach that level, uh, the system becomes irreversible, and uh, you know we are pretty close to that, about 20 years away, and at, at the current consumption if we don't increase it, and, and we are still increasing it, especially, uh, you know, Europe and, uh, and the U.S. are about keeping the same level uh, instead of reducing it, uh, but the rest of the world is increasing it, especially China. So, so you know, we have, we have an, an enormous problem in, in front of us, and uh, unless we find a technology that can take the CO2 and, uh, and uh, out of the air and, and put it in the ground, uh, we are not going to solve the problem. And, and uh, you know, so pretty much we need that. We know that we need that technology and, and it's still not sufficiently developed today to fill that. So there is a lot to talk about uh, climate change. Just uh, in conclusion, so I have to ask you one question about you. So who has inspired you most in your life career during these years? Uh, I think that the perhaps the the person that that I have the most respect is uh, Galileo uh, because uh, he was able to use logic and common sense uh, and of course the, the curiosity and so on to 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 begin the uh, the scientific method in a way uh, that could not be changed anymore. And then of course, Newton, you know, built on it. Um, it but, but Galileo was, was really extraordinary. Uh, and, uh, and also he put his life, you know, in, on the line uh, in order to tell the truth, what he thought, you know, against the forces that were, that, that, you know, allow him to, uh, did not want him to speak. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the heliocentric model versus the Ptolemaic model, you know, the earth center or sun center model of reality that in those days, the church, uh, you know, the church uh, was, uh, uh, you know, was, uh, uh, was, was not with the program, so to speak, you know, you know, Copernicus had, you know, understood that the sun was at the center of, uh, of the solar system. But in those days, the solar system was the universe as far as the imagination was concerned, uh, instead of the, third, of the earth. And Galileo actually constructed a telescope, uh, he, he did it himself, and looking through these telescopes, saw that there were what appeared to be stars that would actually move 
just like planets, but then they will disappear. And so he realized that those had to be satellites like, like, the, like, the, uh, uh, like the moon. Uh, they was you know, going around Jupiter. In this case, he was observing Jupiter. So <laughs> Galileo was able to, you know, to, to intuit that then if that is the case, well, not everything run, you know, tur you know, turns around the Earth. So the, you know, it proved experimentally that uh, the Copernican system was uh, the right system to understand reality instead of the earth center system, the Ptolemaic system. So, uh, you know, th those are the kind of things that are essential for mankind to move forward, this type of curiosity, use of rationality and use of intuition that combined together can allow us to make a better, a better world for everybody. And that's the key thing, a better world for everybody, not just for the people that have, you know, lots of money, lots of power. Great words. Thank you, Federico. Thanks a lot for, for having you, for joining at the Power Up podcast. It has been a pleasure to talk with you. Likewise. Yeah. Good to talk to you. That brings us to the end of this episode. Stay tuned with more news and technical aspects about power electronics. If you are listening to this uh, on the podcast page at etimes.com or powerelectronicsnews.com, links to articles on topics we have discussed are shown in this page. Power Up is brought to you by Aspencore Media, the host is Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio, and the producer is James Eid. Thank you everyone for listening. See you next episode. Stay tuned.